Howdy, Warzone listeners. My name is Mike Casper, and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times, and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons and sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks of being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. What's happening, everybody? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zones, the Fantasy Fixer Upper. I am your host. It is Memphis. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis and follow the show at Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter. And on this week's show, we're going to have a new guest. His name is Michael. Michael is a fellow Indianapolis area resident, and we are going to go over one of his rosters. It's a uh, it's a bit of a rebuild, and looking forward to jumping into that. So, uh, really bummed. It was a Jerry free week for me. I, I missed my buddy. I had to do the Monday live show on YouTube to do the Wednesday podcast. Did a guest spot over at the Dynasty Rewind. Uh, if you want to check that out, it was a three-round Superflex mock draft. Uh, I know it's on YouTube because that's the, the vehicle in which we recorded it. Uh, real quick, going to keep the intro super, super short tonight. Five-star reviews. Uh, we are up to 198 on Apple. I would love to get to 200 before, uh, just as soon as possible. And if you would, uh, I would greatly appreciate if you just hit pause on this podcast and just leave a five-star. I don't think you even have to leave comments. You can just leave like a thumbs-up emoji. I would totally dig a thumbs-up emoji, but that's just how we get the show to grow, is rate, review, subscribe, and share us everywhere. Uh, That's the freest way to support the podcast and would love your support in the form of a five-star review or a subscription, a rating, and a review. So, uh, we did have one that I want to read this week, um, and this one states, I have listened for a few months and stuck around. The least I can do is finally donate 10 seconds. Thanks for the entertainment and the takes from the entire team. Don't always agree, but I appreciate the different ways you all present information, and don't take yourselves 
too seriously. Keep it up. And that is from Andrew S. at the FF Plebe. Andrew, thank you. Thank you not only for the 10 seconds to do the review, but thank you for getting it. Thank you for being one of the good ones, and thank you for supporting the Dynasty Warzone. Uh, also, speaking of support, man, the number of YouTube followers continues to creep up there. Really, really, really appreciate the support over at YouTube. Uh, not our best medium yet. Uh, I'm working on some video editing and adding some more equipment to make the YouTube more pleasing. I think the content stands all by itself. If you're into Dynasty Fantasy Football or Fantasy Football in general, uh, working on some new stuff on the YouTube. I've been a YouTube content creator for about three months, maybe four months, and uh, some big stuff on the way. The biggest thing on the way, the, the biggest reason to subscribe with notifications turned on over at YouTube is going to be the Sunday show. Sundays this year in season from 11.30 a.m. Eastern until 1 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be doing a live show. It will be some combination of me and all the other various hosts here of the Dynasty Warzone family of podcasts. We'll be doing start sits. We'll be doing trades. We'll be doing gambling, you know, sides and totals. We'll be doing props. We'll be doing everything. And the only way to get us to read your question on the air will be to be a YouTube subscriber. So when you comment on the YouTube live thread, your question comes up and we will get to it. So there you go. Um, that's a reason why and we're going to continue to be pumping out a bunch of content all over YouTube, all over podcasts. You just want to subscribe everywhere. I'll leave it at that. Just subscribe everywhere and you will never be without great content from the Dynasty Warzone team. And last thing, the Patreon uh, continues to grow. Literally have brought on several new members this week. And if you didn't hear the new commercial... Uh, that was Michael at the top of the show. He's been one of our longest tenured patrons and a really, really great guy. I appreciate him taking the time to leave me a recording that I was able to turn into a new commercial for the DWZ. Why become a DWZ Patreon? I'm going to give you a handful of reasons. One, it's your ticket to entry into this show. As long as I don't run out of weeks between now and the first week of August, I'll do my best to get you on. I'm booked up through about Memorial Day week, but there's still plenty of time to get you on there. That is your fast pass to be on this particular show like Michael is tonight. Number two, what are the two V's of Dynasty or fantasy in general? It's volume and it's value. And we know there's a large volume of Patreons out there and good for everybody, man. A lot of great content creators out there. Uh, I've seen some funky, funky pricing, but... Their, their product is worth to them what my product is worth to us. And for five bucks, or not much less than a gallon and a half of gas, you could be a month-long member over at the Dynasty Warzone's Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Um, I get to all of my DMs every single day. Uh, I'm in the group chat. Uh, I'm helping with rookie drafts. It's rookie draft season. Uh, we just passed up some startup season. If I can help you with your team, that's a big part of the Patreon, is the DMs and uh, helping helping you with your roster. I do a, a bonus podcast. It's for patrons only every Thursday. Drops Thursday night, Friday morning. And it's got a lot of uh, strategic-based information in there. And then new patron leagues. The new patron leagues are kicking off. We are currently drafting Americans versus Australians. Yes, we have so many Australians that we can do 
American patrons versus Australian patrons, and I'm in that league as well. Uh, it's being co-ran by my man Neil. The Aussies are great, and uh, I think we're on patron number eleven. The uh, the the country battle Aussies versus Americans is patron eleven. Uh, we just finished an IDP. There's Debbie stuff going on. Just so much goodness, guys. If you're if you're looking for leagues, you're looking for the group chat that's never dry. I'm talking. I've seen days upwards of 200 messages now that we're in the rookie chat. If you're just tired of your boring old league chat and you want to hang out with like-minded people, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So here we go. Uh, quick word from Matt over at Hate Brand Goods. Remember, if you check them out, use promo code MEMPHIS at checkout, and that will save you some bucks. So I'm going to get Matt. Then, after a minute with Matt, we're going to have some time with Michael and his roster. Thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Tell us a little bit about Hate Brand. When did that start, and uh, how are things going with it? Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014, so now, give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is. And um, that's apparel company I started then and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It start, and, uh, did it start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, yeah. like uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out, or? Yeah, it's uh, it's a book, and then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010 of uh, how to train for the Highland Games called Training Lab, and one of the sections I wrote about in the book is called the Hate. And this was just this kind of personal philosophy I had that my brother and I had spoke about, um, just with athletes that we admired, and it was these guys that just, you know, still on top, still still willing to do the work to get better. That it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and not about what had to do with anyone else. So they didn't hate other people. This idea that you, you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m. And it's, yo, that dude hates himself more than me. That guy's <laughs> willing to put in the work. He's willing to do it. And so from that point on, it was about like, I'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me, but I'm not willing to be outworked. All right, and here he is, as promised, fellow Hoosier and fellow Indy area resident. His name is Mike. Mike, welcome to the Fantasy Fixer Upper, man. Memphis, thanks for having me. Thanks for making the time on a little bit late Wednesday night. Dude, I am always excited to talk football. I've had this conversation many times. So I'm in a very uh, fortuitous, lucky situation. My wife is an early-to-bed person. She's usually in bed by around nine. I'm a night owl. And uh, so if I can spend two hours talking football with my friends, mister, I am going to talk football with my friends. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to work on one of your rosters. So before we get into some of the context and the fabric of this roster, won't you tell us a little bit about you, man? How long have you been playing fantasy? When did you make the jump into dynasty? And how did you find the DWZ? Yeah, so I got into fantasy, uh, I mean, I was in like seventh grade or something like that. It was real young. Uh, been in it ever since. About five years ago, I got into uh, at my first Dynasty League. Uh, one of my coworkers asked me to join as a co-owner. And so we kind of did that for a couple of years. And then I'm, the, I'm uh, an accountant. I'm kind of a self-starter a little bit. So uh, I took the mantle to start a couple of Dynasty Leagues. Uh, this most recent one is the one we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, started that up in 2020. So currently in three dynasty leagues, solo own two of them and then co-own another, a third one. 
Well, before we steer into this roster, because it's just good conversation and good for everyone listening, what do you find to be the biggest obstacles in co-owning a league? Now, who do you own the league with? What are the obstacles? How do you guys overcome those? Uh, Just tell us a little bit about co-owning. Yeah, so we kind of go back and forth. Um, we're, we kind of see eye to eye. We're both in the same profession. Both kind of we're both kind of math and analytical driven. So that makes some of our conversations a little easier as far as draft picks and making trades and all that. Um, but there have been a couple times when we've had uh, we, we when we've disagreed and we kind of just play back and forth and say, "Hey, this one's on you. Um, if the next one comes up, this next one's on me," uh, and we go from there. But we make it work. Well, co-ownership is, man, it, it's one of those, I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can only co-own if I have line item veto power, meaning I have uh, I have final say in all decisions. I am in a league with Tyler Gunther and Doug Eddy from the Dynasty Happy Hour. And Tyler and Doug own this team together. And, man, again, they're, they're the best of friends. They co-host a podcast together. But when you make a trade, you often have to wait for them to collaborate, come through with, you know, how they want to handle it. You know, rookie picks have to be made that way. So it's an interesting dynamic working with a co-owned team. So you, you've been playing for a long time. Uh, this is one of your more recent teams. Now, I'm going to start with this question. What do you like about this current roster that you have? And before you get into that, why don't you just do this? Why don't you tell us about the league, um, number of, number of GMs, um, scoring setting, super flex, tight, all the, the, the little attributes. And then uh, tell us what you like about the team. Sure. So uh, like I said, this is a new startup in 2020, kind of one of those uh, COVID projects that we all started up. Um, so it is a, a 12 team super flex. So we start with the one mandatory quarterback and then have the super flex option. Uh, we start two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, and then have three uh, just general flex receiver running back and tight end. Uh, it is a half PPR, half point per first down, and a tight end premium uh, league. And uh, so, like I said, there's 12 teams, six make the playoffs. Uh, the things that I like about my team, um, it's pretty young. I realized last year that I wasn't going to be contending. I started off with Stafford, Mixon, Odell. And throughout the course of the year, things just weren't working out for injuries. Like I, I've got Dak. Um, so kind of realized it wasn't going to work out. And let's not take this out longer than it needs to go. And started blowing it up immediately. Started getting younger uh, really quick. Uh, netted myself some Brandon Ayuk, a bunch of extra draft picks, and um, kind of got us to where we are today. Well, first of all, I give you a tip of the cap. the The biggest thing, and I think this comes from our time spending together in our Patreon. I am not a big believer in walking in the middle, dude. That is a sure. Uh-huh. That's a sure way to a miserable existence in Dynasty. If you're if you if you can't look at your it's it's the old rounders. You seen the movie Rounders about playing poker? I have. Okay, well there's a great line in that movie, and they say if you can't spot the sucker when you sit down at the table, you are the sucker. And if you can't spot the 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 best teams in a league, like if you can't look around at the rosters of the top two or three teams, and if you're like, if I played this team 15 times in a row. We're gonna go seven and eight, eight and seven, maybe seven, seven and one. You know, something like that. If I'm not very competitive with this team, because if you're honest and you're looking through it on honest lens, and you say, 
man, I, I need some luck to beat that team three out of 15 times, mm-hmm. then you're not a contender. And you've recognized this. We've had these conversations privately in the in our group chat and other times. And there's just no worse place to be. So rip off the Band-Aid and get to getting. And, I, you know, it's the, the old Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. That's just pride messing with you. And we let, we let our, we're guys. And, you know, even the ladies that I play with, actually the ladies are way more competitive than the guys, to be quite honest. Whitney, I'm talking to you. But we, we start letting pride mess with us a little bit, right? You know, you start squinting. You're like, man, if I just add one one wide receiver, just one wide receiver, and may, maybe an RB2, I think I can compete. Mm-hmm. And, and what we end up doing, because I've done this, I've done this before, I'm sure you've done this as well, you wind up finishing, maybe you make the playoffs, maybe that's the badge of honor you want to wear, but you'll wind up somewhere with like a rookie pick around the, the 107, 108, you're going to get a good player, but you're not going to get like a game changer or a true league-winning quality player. We're going to talk about rookie players here in a minute. you got one. you got one high-quality number two overall pick that I absolutely love. We're going to jump into that in a minute. So kudos to you for recognizing that the the move to rebuild uh, was needed and you acted upon it. That's the big thing. Too many people hem and haul around. Now, we like the youngness of the team. We like the quarterbacks on the team. I'll be honest, I like your tight ends on this team, too. We'll get into that in a moment as well. But what do you not like about this team? Uh, so I kind of have a lot of uh, just receivers, uh, but no alphas. Uh, so it's a lot of kind of that wide receiver two through like wide receiver 40. Uh, um, so I'm kind of to get that the alpha figured out uh, over time. Uh, I kind of got the Watson situation hanging over me. So there's a little bit of uncertainty, but I feel like I remedied that with my 102 pick um, at worst. Um, at best, I think I've got three really, really solid quarterbacks. Um, but then I also just have no second running back. I mean, I, my second best right now is Michael Carter for whatever you think of him. Or, I mean, we know the answer is not Anthony McFarland. Um, so those are kind of the, the holes I'm looking to fill is getting an alpha receiver at some point. And then a uh, ultimately a running back too. Okay, well, I mean, you, you've got good bones. I mean, and young, and, and we're going to dive into the roster. And if you, you know, go back and watch this on YouTube, you'll be able to see that we pull the screen up, and you'll be able to to see that as as we get into this. But I think overall, uh, you're probably a year away from being a year away. Um, you're you're going to need your 2022 class, but I think there's some moves that we can get into, and as I, as I like to say here on the Fantasy Fixer Upper, I think we can fix this roster, or at least get it well on its way in five moves. So what I'm going to do for those watching on YouTube is I'm going to share my screen, and the best part is, is when I share my screen, it minimizes my ugly mug, and you see less of that and more of the screen. So here we go. Uh, I hate covering up the new overlay, courtesy of my friend G over at the Aussie Guys NFL, if you're on YouTube and you're looking for another great show, check out the Aussie guys, NFL, AJ and G, two wonderful guys. And uh, G really hooked me up with something sweet with my background graphic that I just covered up with Mike's roster. So here we go, Mike. Uh, I'm just going to buzz through this real quick for the listener at home who's not on YouTube. You have at quarterback, you have Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Kellen Mond, Trey Lance, Andy Dalton. So those are your five quarterbacks. Prescott, Watson, Mond, Trey Lance, Andy Dalton. 
your running backs, so your running backs are the opposite of your wide receivers. Your running backs, you have one alpha, and then you have a bunch of nothing. You've got Jonathan Taylor, maybe some something. Jonathan Taylor, we're both Colts guys, so that's good. You've got Jonathan Taylor, Anthony McFarlane. You've got uh, DJ Dallas, Eno Benjamin, Javion Hawkins, Michael Carter. So young, unproven, and a lot of upside in, uh, some potential upside in that group. Wide receivers, this is the part where you are missing, you are missing that alpha wide receiver. So you've got Tyler Boyd, Jerry Judy, Preston Williams, Brian Edwards, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Cooper Cup, Jalen Guyton, uh, Claypool from the Steelers, and then you drafted Terrace Marshall, Nico Collins, Dayami Brown, and Rondale Moore. Tight ends of Noah Fant, Albert Okwabunum did the best I could, and Harrison Bryant of the Cleveland Browns. So I did that for the podcast listener. So, man, I'm looking over this roster. You know, when you say you're young, man, this roster is literally stuffed full of rookie and second-year players. So um, you need some of them to hit, but the, the youth doesn't bother you none? Uh, I mean, it bothers you a little bit just because there's so much uncertainty and you never know who's going to turn into what. Um, you know, I think at the end of year one of Jerry Judy, I was hoping that he'd be higher than kind of that, you know, middle 30s wide receiver in the rankings kind of an area. Um, so you're kind of dealing with that. But, um, you know, I, I was kind of looking at my team in the middle of last year, like we talked about earlier, and I was kind of hanging on to like the Travis Fulgums and the Mike Davises. And at that point, it's like, how much longer are these guys going to be around probably not too much longer. So at that point you switch over and, um, you know, I made a couple moves. I got Brandon Ayuk. So hopefully he takes off a little bit more with Trey Lance. And, um, you know, I guess we're just kind of hoping and taking as many shots as we can on these young guys and hoping they, they pop. Yeah, for, for sure. So this is a super flex league. So obviously uh, if it was a one QB league, we would probably start with your running back group or your wide receivers. But this is super flex. That's my favorite way to play uh, super flex or two QB because there is a subtle difference. If you have a super flex, if you have two really good uh, and for the most part healthy quarterbacks, I know that's never a guarantee. You can kind of get away with having two studs and then like maybe a handcuff or a backup for one of those two studs. But in a 2QB, obviously, you have to have at least three, if not four QBs. So it can get tricky. But, man, you have two of my personal top five. And I still have Deshaun Watson in my top five. I am not afraid to admit that. I'm not a lawyer. I have seen the allegations. I have seen no legal charges. I mean, we've been dealing with this for three months, and I know the justice system moves slow. The issue with Deshaun Watson is it's hurry up and wait. I personally, just so I can sleep at night and I don't drive myself crazy, and then you and I have had this conversation, I'm just telling myself um, it was the lineman for the Denver Broncos. Recently tore an ACL, probably going to miss the year. I'm just telling myself Deshaun Watson tore an ACL in training, or, you know, in, in personal training, and I'm probably not going to have him for a year. That helps me sleep at night. That lets me, that lets me know that um, anything I get out of him in 2021 is a bonus. And I just treat him accordingly. You know, this is America. We are a forgiving nation. Uh, and then right now there's nothing to forgive. He's been, he's been charged with nothing. He's settled nothing. And if you read his lawyer's rebuttal, he's got a great shot of uh, walking away with maybe six to eight games. 
So I'm not mm-hmm. going to go down the Deshaun Watson rabbit hole. But, man, you have two of my top five. You have Dak, you have Deshaun Watson, and then you drafted Trey Lance. Now, you drafted Trey Lance at the 102. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to kick a man when he's down, but you clearly needed an alpha wide receiver, right? You, we, we, we agree. You need an alpha. Yep. So you, you went with a guy that I, I, I'm in love with. He is my QB2 in the class, uh, Trey Lance. What what made you take Trey Lance over, say, like a Harris, an ETN, a Fields, um, you know, someone like that? You got two awesome wide receivers, but you're on the 102 clock, and you pull the trigger on Lance. Thought process as you were there. Sure. So uh, I tried everything in my power to trade down from that 102 to even like a 104 uh, just to get extra picks, extra value. And there was just nobody was biting. And so at that point, I started thinking through, like, how do you navigate rebuilding a team? And it just seems like running backs, uh, by the time this team is ready to compete, we both agree that this is probably at best one year away from making the playoffs. Uh, but then I'm not contending at that point, most likely. So running back was pretty much out of the question from the beginning. Um, between Lance and Fields, I like the certainty of where Lance was at uh, in San Francisco with Shanahan and the, all the pieces around him. And I, I think his rushing upside is just as good, if not better, than Justin Fields. Uh, but like you said, my my big glaring weakness is the alpha receiver. So really, I was ultimately weighing Lance versus Jamar Chase. And at a certain point, it was kind of like, well, I, I didn't think there was a chance that there, there was a pretty low chance of Trey Lance flopping. Uh, so I, I think, you know, even if he has a year kind of like what Tua did last year, where Tua is still commanding first round picks easily. Um, and, you know, to make another uh, example, like with Jerry Judy this year, I'm probably looking at an end of a first round pick if I was trying to flip him for something right now. So I figured at worst case scenario, if Trey Lance isn't looking good or if I'm not happy with the direction, I can probably flip Lance for something a little better next year. But uh, I think he'll, he'll be pretty solid with that rushing floor that he's going to provide in that offense. Yeah, man. I, I, here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. So you, you, you referenced Tua in Miami. Let me ask you a question. If the San Francisco 49ers gave up the 112 and two future first to get Trey Lance at the 103, how badly do you think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan need him to hit? And how, how many opportunities? He, he's going to get – that, that's kind of a rhetorical question. It's one of those we know the answer. They have every reason under the sun to make sure this guy hits. Now, I also completely believe that he will be Patrick Mahomes. This is a Super Bowl contending roster. The last time we saw Jimmy GQ play a full 16 games on this team, this team was a, what, 18 inches away from an Emmanuel Sanders touchdown catch of maybe winning that Super Bowl. So there's going to be no hurry to rush Trey Lance out there. I think it's great. I, I could not be happier as a Trey Lance fan. I know that there are some more accomplished guys in this class, but I think from a tool standpoint, if you're just going to draft a quarterback based on their tools, physical size, rushing ability, uh, and situation matters. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you and pretend like it doesn't. A lot of people are like, well, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace will figure it out. Really? They were dumber than a box of rocks a month ago, but all of a sudden they managed to trade away a bunch of picks and get Justin Fields, and they're smart again. I can't operate that way. So I, I love that. Let's pivot to your to your receiver group because you said something about Denver. Um, you do have some guys that I like. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 2-3 type guy. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is, like, like I've always said before, I couldn't love him more if his last name was Young. If his name was Cooper Young, I wouldn't love him any more than I do right now at Cooper Cup. But he is 28. 
and I think that he and Tyler Boyd, we're going to talk about those guys here in a minute. Uh, the two guys that I want to talk about before we get into five steps of, of, of getting this roster on a different track, I want to talk about Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. Now, how do you feel about these guys? You just you just traded for Noah Fant, so tell us about that trade, and then how did you come about uh, your judge your judge Judy share? Yeah, so uh, Noah Fant, I made that trade right before our rookie draft, about a week before. I uh, gave up LaVisca and uh, Janu and got back Noah Fant in a 2022 second. Um, so at that point, it is, it is a t- uh, tight end premium, and I felt that Fant's upside uh, in the next couple of years, even with the, in my opinion, the disaster that is Drew Locke, and then they've upgraded to Teddy uh, Bridgewater. I think they traded for Teddy, I think, two days after uh, I acquired Fant. So that was a nice little bump there, just a little blanket of security. Um, so I think I like Fant's upside uh, long term, and I'm I'm okay kind of waiting out whatever, their, however their quarterback situation plays out. Hopefully they get uh, make a swing for Aaron Rodgers or something. Well, I um, led you exactly where I wanted you to go. So as we record this, we are recording this show on Wednesday the 12th with my plans of launching it as a Friday the 14th podcast. The Green Bay Packers today on the 12th signed a gentleman named Blake Bortles. Balake Bortles is now a Green Bay Packer. Now, you don't dra- you don't sign Balake Bortles to be your backup uh, un- unless you're either A, absolutely convinced that Jordan Love is the drizzling shits, or you know that you're going to need uh, a quarterback like Blake Bortles to Blake to back up a young guy like Jordan Love. Uh, I still feel like this is a possibility. We are, as we sit here, there's 31 days in the month of May. I think there's about 19 days away from, you know, sometime going into Memorial Day weekend. One of my favorite holidays of the year, by the way. Uh, going into Memorial Day weekend, where we get news that the Packers and Broncos have agreed to a trade that will send Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. And for those reasons, man, if because first of all, it doesn't matter who the quarter it matters, but it doesn't matter so much that I'm not going to be afraid to go out and acquire Fant or go out and acquire Judy or go out and acquire Cortland Sutton. Because if they add Aaron Rodgers in that division, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. With Justin Herbert, with Patrick Mahomes, and we can make fun of you know Derek Carr and his eyeliner all we want. The the guy can, you know, move the ball in that offense. Mm-hmm. So man, Packers are are a great buy right now. Um, so let's get into it, man. We're about twenty, man, about twenty minutes into into our conversation. And uh, let's get into five moves to, to potentially getting this team on a different track. Are you ready? I'm more than ready. All right, man. So, so let's talk about Dak. Um, we know the gamble that we're taking with uh, Deshaun Watson. The first move I would make is trying to find out what is the acquisition cost on Jimmy GQ. Now, on the back end of this roster, you have some really good young wide receivers. You have Rondale Moore. You have Deami Brown, you have Nico Collins, you have Terrace Marshall. Now, could one of those four wind up being your wide receiver one or two? I think that's more likely with Marshall or Collins than Brown or, or more, just based on where they play football. But I would, you know, that, that would be a place I would start, you know. Um, just I would just reach out to the Jimmy. I mean, the, the Jimmy GQ owner could be so excited that you would even dare reach out. Just... This is the move I would make. Casual DM. Hey, man, I got Trey Lance. Want to partner him up with Jimmy G. 
you got a year left on him. What do you want? Do you th- what's that owner's roster look like? Is there uh, any possibility? Yeah, and so I've, I've got a pretty big smile on my face because it's kind of just uh, just crossed my mind when you mentioned Jimmy uh, and trading Dak. Um, so we mentioned that alpha receiver is kind of my one of my big glaring weaknesses right now. Uh, the Jimmy owner, his best quarterback is Baker, uh, and he's got just like Fitzpatrick as another uh, as like his number two quarterback, and he just drafted Mac Jones. Um, but he, the Jimmy owner, also has Ceedee Lamb. So I'm kind of wondering, Nick, is that worth? playing around with is there can you get a quarterback and you've got the san francisco quarterback locked up and and long term and then you've got your alpha receiver there in the same move i mean i mean all right this feels very dirty to say i feel gross i'm probably going to go take a shower when i'm done could you potentially get baker and garoppolo and cd lamb for Dak Prescott and a Tyler Boyd, you know, something like that because, or Mac Jones, because you want to walk away. I mean, I I hate moving Dak Prescott. I mean, we talked about this before I hit the record button. He is top five for me, but he is coming off of a very severe ankle injury. And I mean, if that defense is better under um, the gentleman, um, Mike Nolan, I think it's Mike. No, Mike Nolan was the guy they fired. Um, the gentleman who coached the, the Falcons to the Super Bowl, Dan Quinn, name was on the tip of my tongue the whole time. If he improves that defense, does the volume on offense slow down? A little. A little. I, I mean, I love Dak. He's top five. He's paid. He's safe. Jerry loves him. Um, you've already got some risk with Deshaun Watson. But this is a team that you really don't want to win with anyway. You know, mm-hmm. you're not intentionally tanking. But like, like we said, you're a year away from a year away. So if I could get a guy like Baker and Jimmy GQ and C.D. Lamb and I could move in return Dak and Tyler Boyd, I mean, you you just reset that because at some point you're hoping that Lance, you're really hoping that Watson gets his legal mess cleaned up and he can come back halfway through the season and be your QB1. And then Trey Lance, you know, grows into his role. But Jimmy GQ is a nice bridge. A very nice bridge QB. And then Jimmy GQ will more than likely be on another team next year. What if Jimmy GQ slides into Pittsburgh and takes over for Ben Roethlisberger? What happens if Jimmy GQ goes to Washington to take over for Fitz? There's a world where you could walk away with this with Jimmy GQ being someone that you trade this time next year. Um, It's going to be a big pill to swallow to move Dak. He is a... I've seen some services have him ranked as low as like QB eight, and I get that coming off of the injury. Uh, obviously, the guy's been—I think he's been a QB one every year he's been in the league. Obviously, last year not so much with the ankle injury, so it's going to take courage and maybe a little bit of craziness. Um, we already talked about Joe Burrow. You're not going to get him because the owner uh, of that team is a Bengals fan, so you're not getting. But man, if I could get Baker, Jimmy G, and CD Lamb. Because here's the thing, you're going to get some of that intrinsic goodness from C.D. Lamb, you know, through Dak. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to get the Dak stack, but you're not going to get C.D. for Watson. I don't know. I would try. I wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt to try. You know, but I would. I would start conversations with that owner as my first move. Yeah, I, I like. I like that idea. Um, kind of don't, pivoting. Don't so get ahead. me wrong. I, I would. I would love to just move Deshaun Watson straight up for C.D. Lamb. Hey, you know what? Give give me C.D. Lamb and 
Jimmy G and I'll give you Watson and Tyler Boyd. Or I'll give you Watson and, you know, one of these rookie wide receivers. You know, if Watson comes back, you get a top five quarterback. All you're giving up is Jimmy G. And, you know, you, 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 you will need to replace that QB at some point down the road. But you're getting so, so there are some conversations to be had. We can take that offline uh, in our DM chat. But th- those are some of the, 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 the first move I would make is try to how can I keep my quarterback situation really good? And improve, you know, some other areas because because that, that's the biggest chip you have to move. Yep. Yeah, and that was kind of the thinking in acquiring Watts in this off season is that if he does get suspended or misses a full year or sits out uh, with the the threats he's made against the Texans, then I'm not really hurt necessarily if I'm not competing anyways. So I'm just helping my draft pick out next year. So well, well, well. First of all, Watson's not sitting out. He's not giving up twenty four million dollars if he gets cleared to play. Like I said, this whole situation has given him the backpedal move of a lifetime. All he has to say is, I want to thank the Houston Texans for standing behind me during my most difficult time. I'm going to put back on the uniform. We're going to get through the season, and we'll reevaluate at the end of the year. That gives him an out. And here's the thing. If you don't manage to make that move right now, and Watson gets suspended for eight games, that will be before your league's trading deadline. Dude, so, someone will give you what you want for Deshaun Watson and then, and maybe maybe that's something to keep in mind if you don't get a fair square deal for Dak or Watson right now. It's not like you have to make this move. You're not trying to build up a contender. You're just trying to build in a really solid foundation for the future. Mm-hmm. So so we, we kind of blended move number one and move number two together. The other one is to get Jimmy G. It just It's the perfect pairing with Trey Lance. I already kind of mentioned some of that. Number three, as much as it pains me, this is not a contending roster. Um, I would move Cooper Cup, and I would move Tyler Boyd, but I would move them at different times. So let's talk about those two guys. They're both, you know, what, 27, 28-year-old or going to be 28-year-old slot receivers. Pretty high-volume offenses. The difference is is that there's a little bit more excitement around Cooper Cup. He just signed a contract extension this offseason. He got a you know uh, a perceived QB upgrade in Matt Stafford, and I do believe Matt Stafford is a better QB. But is he going to be BFFs with Cooper Cup the way that Jared Goff was? We don't know yet. And there's a lot of positive news around Cup, so I would be going to contending rosters. Um, can I send Cup and a Chase Claypool for an alpha type wide receiver? Can we get in that top ten young wide receiver group? to, you know, start, you know, getting that, that alpha dog. Um, I don't know. You'll have to start looking around. Uh, is that something that you think you might be able to get done? Is there a roster in this particular league with uh, a lot of really good wide receivers that might be, or maybe they have two good wide receivers and they're looking to add some volume and uh, some depth. Yeah, I think that would be something I'd have to look into more. Um, I just got the clay clay pool with the, uh, with Watson and that trade I made this off season. Um, so I'm not feeling too hot about that guy being wanting to take Claypool back. Um, but maybe with the addition of cup, they might be interested in that. They are a, probably the, the number one title contending team. So they need all the depth they can get. Um, but they don't really have the, the young receivers. There's a couple other contenders that have kind of popped up here in the last few weeks uh, leading into the drafted afterwards that, have a lot of young players. So I'm thinking that maybe I can make a swing there for, for somebody. 
Yeah, because you see, they're they're the same guy with two different sell windows. Cup, you're selling now. You're selling him on his reputation. You're selling him on that wide receiver four or five season he had in 2019. You're selling the contract extension. You're selling the new quarterback. So many positive sell notes right now on Cooper Cup that you can you know get a nice return. You're not going to break the bank with a Cooper Cup, but you can get a nice return. One of the things we talked about is that. This is more of a strategy and a build philosophy for me. Um, it's kind of like going to one of those buy here, pay here credit joints. You know, you, you, you want to give them a check today, but you know you got to pay it back at some point. I would love to move Cooper Cup at a 2023 20, first for one of those alpha type wide receivers. Why would I move a 23 and not a 22? Well, the 2023 rookie draft isn't exactly two years. That gives you 24 months. That gives you 300 and I'm sorry, 730 days to get that first round pick back. You know, so you're going to pay it up front. You know, you're going to get your money up front, like the buy here, pay here, check cashing joint. And then you're going to give yourself plenty of time to pay that back. But the longer you wait, the more interest you're going to pay. So mid season, um, that's when I'm moving a guy like Tyler Boyd. Because right now, the news on Tyler Boyd is bad. It, it's kind of like trickle-down. It trickled down from T. Higgins, who we were all high on because the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell. So if it's bad for T. Higgins, it's miserable for Tyler Boyd. And I don't necessarily see it that way. The Bengals are one of the most pass-happy offenses in the league. I think there will still be plenty of volume for a guy like Tyler Boyd. And... But him, you're going to need your fellow league mates to see his production in the first, you know, six to eight, you know, games of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are forced to start three in this league. So when people see a productive wide receiver like Tyler Boyd, your best time to move him is in season. So that's my recommendation for him. What do you think about the the, the now and later move with Cup and uh, Tyler Boyd? Yeah, you know, it's definitely tempting to hold on to Cup and see. Uh, how that plays out um, into the season, but like you said, there's so much positive out there. You got to try to move, um, move it, move on that while you can. So I guess one question, real quick, for you here. I gave up two 2022 seconds for Cooper Cup. Would you be trying to get that back in return? Like if you could undo that trade for me, would you do that? Not necessarily. Um, I, I know why you acquired Cooper Cup Sec- seconds. I mean, just look at this year's draft. And next year's draft is always going to be better, no matter what. It's perpetually better. You think 2022 is good, wait until 2023 rolls around. It's just how it is. And you got some nice guys in the second round of this rookie draft. I can just tell by seeing names like Terrace Marshall, Rondale Moore. Maybe you got Nico Collins in the late second, early third. So, so, And, and, and you've also got Deami Brown. So what are you really hoping? That one of those guys becomes a Cooper Cup. Uh-huh. Except in this case, you actually have a Cooper Cup. You yep. have you have the guy who's done the thing that we hope the guy who who could do the thing does the thing, so you have him. So no, I wouldn't, because you're going to be able to package him with something else to 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 level up. You know, if any of these young if any of these young uh, running backs flash, Michael Carter, I think he was the four o two the the second pick off the board in the fourth round. You're hoping that dude flashes even a little bit. Not a special athlete. And that's the kind of move in season. Can I package Michael Carter and Tyler Boyd for my alpha wide receiver, for my RB2 of the future? Can I get an underperforming Javante Williams? 
who's off to a slow start? Can I maybe get a Travis Etienne who's getting off to a slow start because they're still leaning on James Robinson a little bit to start the season? There are so many moves you can make because uh, as much as you don't have an alpha running back, there's a lot of people in Dynasty who think they have an alpha running back. But what they have is a guy who's going to lose his job in 2022. If you just Google search draft-eligible 2022 running backs, you will see a list of some very impressive guys. As lean as this draft class got in 2021, next year is going to be much closer to what we saw in 2020. So if I can package some of these, um, uh, Javion Hawkins is another one. And I like Javion Hawkins. I've actually got four shares through my first 12 rookie drafts. I've gotten him late in the third round, early fourth. But if that dude flashes in Atlanta with no undra- with no draft capital, if James Robinson has taught us nothing is that the window is short, the the talent's coming, and those are some moves that I would be looking to make. I mean, my fourth move to fix this roster or get it moving is we got to find an alpha wide receiver. The cool part is, is that you don't have to find it today. The best part, and I want every listener listening right now, if you've got a non-contender or you have a rebuild, you don't have to do this today. Uh, without giving it away, I did this as a Patreon podcast a couple of weeks ago. The big off-season move that you don't make is sometimes the move that saves your roster. You're not setting a, you're not setting a lineup on Sunday. You're not setting a lineup next Sunday. You're not setting a lineup the Sunday after that. As a matter of fact, you're probably... 16, 17, 18 Sundays away from actually having to do that. So be cool. Be cool. You have time. What you need to do is you just need to lay out, make some uh, some conversations in your group chat about, hey, um, you know, I, I, this is, and, and, you know, put some guys on the block. Uh, those are some of the things I do. And then the last move, move number five, and then I'll open it up to some questions before we take this one in, is, uh, would you be open? I know you just acquired him, but would you be opening to trading Noah Fant if if it's kind of like the Dak Prescott thing? You know, my dad was in a was a small business owner growing up, and I used to ask my my dad, and he was in the car business. And I, you know, when you're a kid, you always want your dad to buy the sports car. Hey, dad, you gonna buy that Mustang? You gonna buy? You know, but my dad was always buying boring cars. But you know what? Boring cars always sold. And I asked him, like, don't you ever like buying the flashy thing? And he was like, I would buy a billy goat if I could make money off of it. So I know you just acquired Noah Fant, but if you could flip him for a profit, even though it's tied in premium, would you at least consider the idea? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's good business practice to always have everybody available at all times. Um, cause you never know if somebody's willing to overpay or something, so... Uh, you know, fans kind of my shiny new toy, but at the same time, if somebody's going to give me a good deal for him, um, that's great. Now, the thing I'm kind of hoping for is the Aaron Rodgers trade. And, you know, we're, we're, we're a while a ways away from that. Um, so maybe, you know, the, the heat of June 1st, which I think is when Rodgers' dead cap uh, money really declines. Um, so uh, hopefully we can uh, make that trade happen. And then, I mean, fan and Judy, both of their stocks are just going to go through the roof. And, you know, at that point, we'll see what rolls in. Yeah, I, I think that's the way because here's the thing. I mean, you don't need to do a darn thing with your quarterback group. At some point, you're going to have three studs and no way to get them all on the field. Mm-hmm. So, again, I like the idea of trying to convert one of them 
to a, a lesser QB because you don't want to win. Dak Prescott's going to cause you to win games. I know it seems counterintuitive, but what, I mean, he's like 27, 28. Now he could play another decade, so I don't want to pretend like he's a 27-year-old running back, not for a minute. But you have to explore these options because that's where you're going to get the assets and the draft capital to get this thing back on track very quickly. Uh, man, outside of that, I, I think those are the five things I would look to do on this roster. You know, and, and then reverse engineer that Trey Lance deal that you're going to go try and get Jimmy GQ quick. Man, find the guy who drafted Justin Fields and say, "Hey," and literally, you're you're, you're not you're not speaking from like a, I'm trying to get one over on you standpoint. You're, at that point, you're speaking honestly. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I'm not BSing you. I just, I just went and made a trade to get Jimmy GQ so I could have the quarterback to start the season and the quarterback for next season. Hey, man, I'll unload Andy Dalton to you cheap. Maybe you can package Andy Dalton with something else and just level up a piece. Mm-hmm. You know, can, can I get a 2022 second? Can I package Andy Dalton and a 2022 third to get another 2022 second? You're never going to use Andy Dalton unless you're trying to tank. And yep. I don't know what your league's tanking rules are, but... If I was trying to tank, I would play. I would move Andy Dalton. I would move Kellen Mond. I know people like Kellen Mond, but I want to hit you with three things about Kellen Mond. Are you ready? Hit me. Thing number one: They're already talking about a contract extension with Kirk Cousins. That's no good for Kellen Mond. I, I missed that. Thing number two: Kirk Cousins this year has a seventy-five million dollar dead cap money. The uh, the Eagles currently hold the record with thirty-one. If they take a seventy-five. I'm not going to say it wouldn't happen because I didn't think the Eagles would have taken it, but there you go. And then next year, Captain Kirk's dead cap number is $45 million. Guess who's going to be in Minnesota for the next two years? It's going to be Kirk Cousins. Guess who's a stodgy old ball coach? Mike Zimmer. Guess who likes guys like Kirk Cousins? Mike Zimmer. So what am I going to do? I'm going to let the Kellen Mond buzz grow. You're going to see a super athletic guy with a big arm make a super athletic guy play in training camp, and he's going to chuck a football 70 yards down the field, and Twitter and the fantasy space is going to lose its collective mind. I would like to trade you Kellen Mond, please. What would you What would you give me for him? I paid a third. Here's here's He's got to be worth a late second. He's this year's Jalen Hurts, except he's not. So... You know, those are the kind of moves I make. I think with this team, you have some moves to make. I just think you have to remember to be patient and not make them all at once. Mm-hmm. All right, man, I'm going to turn it over to you. What questions do you have for me before we uh, we shut her down? You know, I really don't have a whole lot. Um, everything we kind of talked about in the pre-show, you just you nailed it. Um, really flushing through the the dacket for an alpha receiver at some point and um, looking at how to trade book cup and Boyd and the timings of those and what kind of return you'd be looking for. And then, um, you know, just keep keeping evaluating my quarterback situation with Mond and, and Dalton. And, uh, I tried, I tried my hardest to get rid of Dalton last year, but a late third, isn't gonna, I'm not going to help somebody out for that price. Andy is always going to give you an opportunity to get rid of him. These, these Derek cars, Jimmy G's, it seems like, they're, they're like herpes. They just won't go away. No matter how hard you try, they will not go away. So I, I got two I got two things I want to share with you. Uh, three things but I want to share with you before I get you out of here. Just a couple of little tips, and this goes for everybody listening. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Number one, be very patient with Terrace Marshall Jr. Very patient. 
Um, Robbie Anderson's 28 or will be 28 years old. He's going into the last year of his rookie deal. I'm sorry, the last year of his free agent deal that he signed last year. So the odds of Robbie Anderson being there in that role next year are probably slim to none, and that will be Terrace Marshall's role. He's going to get off to a slow start. I know people are going to be like, well, he was partnered with Joe Brady in LSU. He's going to be, that's not how the NFL works all the time. He could. Do I see a world where Terrace Marshall could go bananas? Absolutely. Do I see it where he is like a slower starter and people come crawling? Don't give up. This is a rebuild. You have the year to wait. Number two, go look at his teammate. See if he got drafted in your tight end premium, Tommy Trimble. I just got him with the 412 in uh, Trade Addict 7. It's a 1.75 tight end premium. Here's the thing. Carolina offense, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold, um, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, a lot of things to be excited about. Dan Arnold, per ourlads.com, is listed as the starter. Tommy Trimble is listed as the backup, and Stephen Sullivan is listed as the third stringer, and Ian Thomas is not even listed, is not even listed per our lads. And to think that the only barrier to entry for Tommy Trimble is the thing named Dan Arnold, who's on his third team in three years. I, I know draft capital matters, but not as much for tight ends, and he was a fourth-round draft capital guy. That's a guy that I'm going to you know pick up the first waiver run, especially in a tight end premium, and let him chill on my bench. And the final thing. Under no circumstances are you to trade uh, Harrison Bryant from the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, they're going to have to pay Baker next year, whether they just roll on his fifth-year option or they sign him to an extension. They are going to start paying Miles Garrett big boy money. Uh, the corner they drafted in that same draft class from Ohio State, again, I'm drawing a blank. I'm not the best IDP guy. Cleveland's going to need to save money. You know how you save money? You save money by cutting the guy who's like a top five paid tight end and use this guy. So you've got some nice pieces. You just, this is a, a patient man or patient woman's roster. So, yep. so sleep well, knowing you, 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 you've got the infrastructure here and with a little bit of luck, man, you can, uh, you can be rolling with this thing next year. Yeah. Hopefully uh, need to act on some of these moves that you've given me some of these ideas and, you know, hopefully come 2023, if you check in with me and, Obviously, I'm not in the cellar anymore. Hey, man, you know what? If I'm losing, I'm losing. I'm losing yep. with style. I'm, I'm, I want the 101. I want Spencer Rattler. I want Sam Howe. I want whoever next year's 101 quarterback is, or I can trade that pick, or it gives me some flexibility. High draft picks never go out of style in Dynasty Leagues, and neither, do, neither does you know what we do here at the Patreon. So, man, I just want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for spending 45 minutes with me on a weeknight. And uh, I'm going to let you get out of here. But on behalf of Mike, my name is Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty War Zone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder 
than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store and man, you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple of moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, Whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now join the patreon and join a join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family